Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to our series on decoding Joseph. This is episode 23. We have been looking at some unique insights into, we've been getting some, or I should say, we've been decoding 
some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. We've been looking at the story of this character named Joseph from the book of Genesis. This is a story that captures work, money, business, investing, and leadership. And I believe that we can learn from Joseph and see what is God, how does God work with the man in the area of his work, his money, his businesses, his investing, and his leadership. It's true. Most people think that the Bible is just, you know, it's, it's only a book of salvation, you know, heaven and, heaven and hell and just legalism. A lot of people don't invite God into their, into every area of their lives because they don't know that he has an interest in your work, in your money, in your businesses, in your investing and leadership. So it's not a surprise that we have a lot of poor legislation out there that doesn't benefit us, that is sold to us as something very good and positive and something that's going to uplift the economy, but it ends up, you know, maybe putting the country in more debt or, you know, it's because people have only people have moved the Bible only to the arena of you know spirituality in the sense of just more you know kind of like as this book of just legalism moral legality and the push the Bible aside as a book to take out when you know quote scripture from when they are perhaps at a funeral or perhaps at a, a dedication, you know, when a baby has been born and being dedicated, but primarily most people only reference the Bible in that regard, you know, and now I'm talking about people, you know, who are not really believers or Christians and things of that nature. And there's some, References that I made to the Bible in a sense of, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Jesus was a good guy and things of that nature. And you move now to, into like the circle of believers, people who say they believe in God, the God of the Bible. And even them, they have only resorted to, the Bible has just become you know, a book that they read to, you know, kind of like a moral update. You know, they know the commandments and things of that nature. Um, they will tell you, oh, yeah, it says here in the Bible. This is what they, it says here in the Bible. Do not commit this sin. Do not do this. Do not do that. So a lot of Christians only reference the Bible for that thou shall not. And then there's a group of Christians that when it comes to, you know, they invite God into their lives, you know, on Sunday. That's when they go into fellowship with him. Because on Sunday is a day that is set apart to be holy, to be, you know, to go to church, to go to the temple, to go to the, you know, other people go to the synagogue, which is on Saturday. And yeah, 
their relationship with God is only a Sunday thing. Monday to Saturday, when it comes to every other area of life, God is not really invited to the table. God is not given a say in their lives. God is not, um, doesn't really get to be the lens through which decisions are made. You know, it's evident. Bibles and prayer have been kicked out of schools. You know, the same presidents or leaders who will put their left hand on the Bible, put their right hand up and take an oath are the same people who will turn around and make and pass legislation that is anti-biblical. So I'm just showing you that most people don't really venture into the workings of inviting God into their work, their lifestyle, their money, their business, their investing, their leadership. They're not informed. Because as I say, the Bible is only has been restricted to just when it's time to pray, you know, that part of their lives of of prayer on Saturday on on having to be, you know, stand in holy presence, so to say. That's when the Bible is referenced. Other than that, people think that God doesn't really know a thing or two about money or work or business or investing or leadership. And later on, does he even care? A lot of people think that he doesn't care. So God is never invited to uh, these decisions or areas of our lives. You know, uh, I mean, what does God really know? Uh, so some people right now, they probably think that omnipotent and omniscient God did not see Bitcoin coming, did not see the smartphone coming, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. He who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. So this story of Joseph, for me, the first time that I really dived into it, my eyes were open. I was like, my goodness, there's a well of knowledge we can tap into and see how God works with a man. Because unlike other stories in the Bible, you see, Joseph was not like, you know, he was Joseph. It's not like Joseph was a prophet, you know. So Joseph is not like Joseph was like Moses. Like you know, Moses was being used by God in in a sudden unique way. But the life of Joseph, he he was involved in all aspects of working for people, rising to the top, building an economy building a credit system in Egypt, the first of its kind, being a leader, uh, going through trials and te uh, temptations, sold into slavery by his own brothers, uh, framed and persecuted and wrongfully arrested and sent to prison for committing rape, which was an accusation it didn't happen. He actually ran away from the woman, Potiphar's wife. And then he goes to prison. He maintains his character. 
God uplifts him. So this is a story that I believe every Christian really should look at how God used these people. Another interesting character story that is going to be one of our series this year is the story is decoding the character of Daniel. Now that's another crazy, I shouldn't use the word crazy. That's another very interesting personality in the Bible. So we shall have a chance to dive into Daniel. You know, these decoding series, I look at them as we'll, we have a perspective. You know, we, we look at someone's life and basically see what can we learn from this person's life? Because if God was directly working with this person and this person ended up, you know, maybe they made certain mistakes, they, they pulled out like this, this is how they overcame their trials. We can take that blueprint and apply it to ourselves. You know, they say that hindsight is twenty twenty. Meaning the things you can't know, there's, there's more things you can learn by looking backwards. In essence, by really saying after the whole scenario has played out, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Meaning that in hindsight, you can capture everything. You can see clearly. So there are about 11 key life principles to decode from the story of Joseph. And today we shall be moving on to principle category number three, which is favor and love with both God and man. Favor and love with both God and man. In our last episode, we wrapped up principle category number two, which was something. If you haven't listened to those episodes, I I encourage you to really go and listen to those episodes because these things are all building blocks on top of each other. In, in, in the last couple of, actually not just a couple, several episodes, we were talking about how to discover your purpose, what you've been called to do. And that was a fascinating series in itself, mini series within the big series. What is your purpose? Finding out what God has called you to do, how to do this. Uh, the difference between a calling and a dream. Man, there was some good stuff in there. I am, you know, difference between callings, giftings, talents, and skills. Wow. You really need to go and listen to that series. I, I, I am going to, I will find time as well and re-listen to it because, you know, sometimes I plan, I, I might have a script, but ever since I started to really find out, and this is more on a spiritual tangent, which is something that also creates a series and talk about. But ever since I really started to ask this question when I enter into my prayer closet or when I, you know, when I wake up in the morning or if it's at night, I like to ask this question, God, where, what are you thinking right now? Where is your mind right now? I'll do a quick series on finding the mind of God. It's been powerful. I've been putting it into practice and you will be blown away. But so when I said it, when I, when I do that practice and, and say, 
I'm trying to calibrate my mind to be at the same frequency as the mind of God. There's a way in which you can pray or meditate and tap into the frequency of God and start to find out what is you really thinking of the issue. So the point I'm trying to make is that most of the things that were shared on 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 the on on really why you have to pursue your calling and not just a dream. A lot of these things, to be honest, <laughs> they were a download at like the last minute. I'd never really seen the difference between a calling and a dream, you know, because we grew up saying, everyone saying, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. Only to realize that when you look at scripture, scripture differentiates between a calling and a dream. A dream is actually a vehicle of communication between God and man. But I also say that Satan can also use dreams to, you know, to talk to people, to, you know, to, to, to infiltrate, you know, to kind of, um, bring a scare or do whatever, but a calling is something, it's like a call. It's like a call to action, something that calls you to become a different person. And I talked about talents. We, we say that there's natural talents and there's spiritual talents, what we call giftings. And scripture also talks about spiritual gifts. But we also have natural gifts, things that are best stored upon us by the creator. We spoke about skills. And I showed that skills are basically, I said that the way to think different between skills and talents is talents are like minerals in the earth. So these are things that you were born with. However, skills is kind of like the tools you use to bring those resources to the surface. So a talent can be like oil, you know, in the ground. A skill can be something that you really, is like, is like an application, how, is how you bring that oil to the ground. So your skill sets that you acquire actually is what helps bring your talents to the surface, okay? We spoke about how, don't be surprised if someone goes off and builds a billion dollar business after just one, one year of college is because primarily they have flowed in the direction of that dream because they already have a talent to do that thing. And as they continue to grow and build in the business, they might come across obstacles that require skill sets. That's when they go out and hire people who have those skill sets, doctors, lawyers, engineers, scientists, whatever you want to call it. And that is if they themselves feel like hiring someone to fill in the gap is all they need and they don't need to do it. So that series was very eye-opening to myself. And I just want to encourage you to go and listen to it because these things are building blocks. And so today we are on to principle category number three. And once again, I, I went into the secret place and I said, Lord, give us a download. Give us some good stuff about this principle category number three, which is favor and love with God and man. Now, there's something interesting is that this phrase, why am I called, why, am, why is this principle category called favor and love? It seems when you look through scripture, especially through some people's lives, 
that great things happen in their lives. There's always this phrase that you come across in scripture that says, and, and, and God gave him or God gave her favor and love with the king. And God, God gave Daniel favor and love with the eunuchs. And this person found favor and love with the Lord. So it's it's a phrase that seems to be like one of those things that if you don't have what we call from a spiritual standpoint, a mantle of favor and love, like a grace of empowerment, which is called favor and love with both God and man, it means you are up for a life of hardship. You are up for a life of grinding, meaning you are going to have to grind everything out. You know, you're not going to catch any easy breaks, as people like to say. You know, you're going to have to toil and sweat for everything. You're going to have to kiss a lot of people's behinds, as, as, as we as commonly stated, in order to go from this place to the next place, to go from level one to level five. But something changes in a man or woman's life when they have found favor and love with God. Favor and love with both God and man. Now, the other interesting thing is that in scripture, you'll see it says favor and love with both God and man. For instance, in the book of the Gospel of Luke, it's very interesting that we see the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Son of Man. It says that, I'll just read this and you'll see that if it mentioned this about Jesus when he was growing up, I think we need to pay um, special attention to this empowerment that if the creator of the universe, in order to operate in this dimension of the earth realm, you know, if he also needed this, this shows you that you need this in your life. You need to do whatever you got to do. And I'll, I'll walk how I'll teach on how we can walk under this umbrella of favor and love with both God and man. Scripture shows us how. But it's something that most people ignore. Now, the world calls this luck. But that is not that is not the right phraseology. In the world, we use this phrase called luck. L-U-C-K. You know, lucky. You know, lucky seven. Um, chance. You know, oh, good luck. Or, um, you know, we use this phrase, good luck, in essence... There's some understanding we have that there's something. Now, let me first look at it from the context of the world, then I'll come back to the context of scripture. Most people understand that there's, there's 
there's a governing force that can cause good things to happen in your life. Now, most people don't understand that it's favor and love with both God and man, as scripture puts it, or in other places, it's called the blessing. So most people say, good luck, or some people say, bad luck. So even people who don't believe in God understand that there's something that causes some good things to happen. And there's the opposite of that, which causes bad things to happen. Right? So you'll hear, oh, they're lucky. You know, they got lucky. Oh, they're lucky. Oh, they're so lucky. Oh, she's lucky. Oh, my friend is so lucky. This happened to her. So we throw the phrase around. And it's okay. At least there's an understanding that, hey, there's something that if this thing is with you, that, you know, you can win a sports game. You know, teams, when teams win football, you know, win sports games, you know, no time on the clock, last second, someone hits a game-winning shot out of the blue. Again, you can hear the phrase I'm saying, out of the blue. This is our common phrases we see, we hear in the world. You know, people say, oh, that was a lucky shot. Is that, that was a lucky shot. No way that was going to go in. That was, the, that was the luckiest shot of his life. That was the... So... And then you'll also hear things like a team having a curse on it. And people say this team has gone, a certain team for some reason has never gone past a certain stage in a tournament. And it has been like this yoke or bondage that this team has had. And people say, you know, there's a curse on that team. So again, there's an understanding that yes, they, they can be a negative entity that is kind of like surrounding the work of your hands that won't allow you to make progress, to advance in life. It is true. And we can find scripture evidence for all of these things. And that's what we're going to be doing with principle category number three, which is favor and love with both God and man. We'll look at luck, good luck. Bad luck will show you that it's actually born out of scripture. We'll look at the blessing. We'll look at what favor can afford a man, what those who don't have favor will have to go through. So it's interesting that at least we do understand that there is a force, whether you want to call it luck, the blessing, favor or love, favor and love those power twins, that if this force is with you, good things can happen. And if it's opposite, it's also with you, attached to you, bad things can indeed happen to you. So at least we've established that. The days we can all agree that, you know, we can agree that there's a consensus that 
these forces are out there. Now, what what are these forces? That's that's the whole premise of this next series is to find out what is really luck, what people call luck. What is that? As I said, and it's true that some people's lives seem to be flowing with this thing called luck. It sort of seems every time the dice rolls that it falls in their favor. Now, I used that phrase intentionally to show you the actual word, what most people call luck, it's favor. Because here's, why, here's what I want to share about luck. You see, luck or lucky is, in essence, if you look at it from the context of the world, from a worldly perspective or from a layman's understanding, luck is just this force that can show up and be with you or not, right? Luck is this force that can show up and be with you. For some reason, luck can just be walking around the block and just decide to be with you. And then you, something good happens. And then a few days after that, for some reason, whether you did anything or not, that luck can decide to leave you and go, and then it's opposite comes, which is bad luck. So, and bad luck comes upon you. I don't even want to say upon you. I don't want to cast this on you. But let's say this force. If we, if we, if we, if we look at, if we call, if we call this luck, I want to show you that it's not actually accurate because if good luck is happenstance, so it's by chance, as most people think luck is just, some people have it, some people are born with it, some people find, like, like you know, if it's this thing that just hopes around and attaches itself to people, you know, so let's say one day someone has good luck, right? Something good happens to them. You know, they were lucky. They get a job, right? Because of good luck, you know? Oh, it's like, oh, I got lucky. Now, for whatever reason that we do not know, this person, good luck leaves them and then bad luck attaches itself to them. And then four weeks later on, the person who just got a good job and thinks that their life is going to move forward. Now, bad luck, for, for whatever reason, I'm just trying to use the context that we normally refer luck to, you know, good luck and bad luck. For whatever reason, bad luck attaches to them and they get into a car accident and they get paralyzed and they lose their job. So we have to ask, you see, most of the times if, and this is the problem where if you think that everything happening in our universe is happenstance, is evolution, then you can't really, this is something that you can't really decode. You know, did good, why, why was good luck with this person a few weeks ago 
And what did they do to invite bad luck? Right? Why is this person just good luck, just attaching to them? Why is this person bad luck, just attached to them? You see, so because from a worldly context, um, luck just seems to be this thing that today you can have it, and then tomorrow you don't. Whereas that's not what scripture says. Again, that's why I use the phrase, for some people it sort of seems every time the dice rolls, every time that the dice rolls, it falls in their favor. Because that's the actual thing. That's what scripture calls it. Favor. Favor and love with both God and man. Now, the question that I would say to you is that, or how I'd like to, it's a rhetorical question. Maybe not a rhetorical question, but something else, some food for thought is this. If some people are born like you, and others aren't, then God, the creator, showed favoritism when he created us. Meaning, if he decided to create this one person and attach luck to them, and another person he didn't, then he's not a fair God. Then he's not a just God. Then he did not create everyone with an even playing field. However, through scripture, we can see that that's not the case. So, through scripture, we see that it's not that God creates some people with luck and some people, you know, their creation package, he just decides to omit luck. No. The scripture says that God is not a respecter of persons. In Acts chapter 10, verses, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verses 34, we see um, Peter, the apostle, saying, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. And then in Romans chapter 2, verses 21, it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. It says, another translation says, For God does not show favoritism. Now what I want to do is I want to find other interpretations other translations about that scripture acts chapter 10 because i think we need to do some camping on there we need to do some camping on that scripture peter said i perceive let me find another translation here to see if it gives us more context and understanding again this is acts chapter 10 verses 34 to 35 it says, and Peter opened his mouth and said, most certainly and thoroughly, I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and 
is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he who venerates and has a reverential fear of God, treating him with worship, worshipful obedience and living uprightly is acceptable to him and sure of being received and welcomed by him. And then in Romans chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. I love this. This is, but in every nation, he that fears him and walketh righteousness is accepted with him. Meaning, we, we can already start to see this whole aspect of Joseph and a lot of characters we see in the Bible who were able to appropriate the hand of God in their favor in a special way. The key is in, is in the scripture, Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. So the first thing that verse 34 does for us is it eliminates this whole thing of this person was born lucky and this person was, was you know, was not. Because it says, I perceive, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Okay? So that debunks that myth. Then he comes and says, but in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. Meaning, if you walk in his ways, you can be sure and guaranteed of God's hand of favor and love being bestowed upon your life. So you now move from luck to what we call the blessing. The blessing is what is the backbone of favor and love with God and man. Because luck, if luck is just this thing that today can be with you, today you win a today you win a sports game because you are lucky, and tomorrow you don't because you're unlucky. What did you do to cause good luck to leave you and then bad luck to come? But we're seeing that whereas luck, the, the right understanding of this word luck is actually favor and love or the blessing. And the blessing is constant because the blessing is God's hand on you. It just rests on you and uplifts you in every situation. And the blessing is also this empowerment that will empower you across all areas of your life. Whereas luck, <laughs> this whole concept of luck, this other thing force that some people might point to, might visit you um, let's say in the area of your business, but bad luck might visit you in the area of your health. How do you consolidate those? Whereas the blessing 
empowers you in every area of your life. A person who is truly blessed, a person who's walking in the blessing of the Lord is not just empowered, you know, let's say financially. No, they have a good marriage life. Their work life is good. They live in peace. You know, it, every area of their lives is empowered because of the blessing, the blessing of the Lord. The scripture says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. So, favor and love, we both go to man, should be something that we all pursue in our lives. Because once you're able to appropriate the hand of God's favor and blessing, favor and love in your, in your life, you will be uplifted to heights that luck can take you because luck could take you there today and luck and, and it's, I don't even know if I should call it its sister. So if, because I doubt they would be brothers and let's say good luck could take you there today and its cousin bad luck could bring you back down tomorrow. No, 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 no. It's something higher. Something called favor and love, God and man. Now, for us to really understand, there's a lot of things that we're going to be getting into. But, and this episode is just like an icebreaker into this whole subject of favor and love, God and man. Um, let's see. Let's start off with the creator of the universe. Jesus, the son of God. Now walking in the flesh as the son of man. It talks about his birth. And there's some key empowerments that Jesus needed to thrive in this dimension of the earth. And you really need to pick up on this. So this is in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verse 41 to verse 52. And it reads... It says, now his parents, actually, I'll back up to verse 40. It's talking about Jesus here. It says, and the child grew. It's talking about Jesus. So it says, and Jesus grew. It says, and he waxed strong in spirit. And he was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Wow. There's already three things that I believe all of us should be seeking in our day, in our lives. It says Jesus, son of God, now functioning as the son of man, in, 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 in operating as a son of man. He said when he grew, he said he walks strong in the spirit. And then it also says he was filled with wisdom. It says, and the grace of God was upon him. It says, now, it says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days 
as they returned, the child, Jesus, tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they had found him not, they returned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all they that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Wow. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why have you dealt with us? Why have you thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Would you not that I must be about my father's business? <laughs> Jesus had some very interesting responses, even from the days when he was young. It says, and they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. The verse that is that I want, that is pretty much the emphasis of this next series we're touching on is coming. It says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things, kept all these sayings in her heart. It says. Verse 52, Luke, the gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 52, is our emphasis. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He increased in favor. Does he increase in wisdom, stature, favor? Catch this with God and man. Because you see, you can have favor with God and not have favor with man. And you can have favor with man and not have favor with God. Now, if you can find favor with God, he will give you favor with man. Because Proverbs chapter 21 says that the heart of all kings is in the hands of the Lord. Let me quickly find that scripture. The heart of all kings. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 21 says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Which means if you have found favor and love with both God and man, I mean with favor, if you found favor with God, God who holds the hearts of all men and has the potential to turn those hearts in your direction, if you found favor with him, God is 
able to now turn the hearts of men and give you favor with them. He's able to turn the hearts of men and women and point and you know and have these people you know cooperate with you, work with you, want to work with you, want to partner with you, want to get in business with you. So you won't be relying on this thing that shows up today and doesn't show up tomorrow called luck. Luck is temporary. That's if it exists. But the blessing of God is permanent. However, there's a way in which you can appropriate the blessing of God and there's a way in which you can walk out of the blessing of God. We will also look at this. So when you see things happening and going well in someone's life, instead of choosing a position of envy and jealousy, and this is what happens most of the time, is that people become jealous and envious of other people because they see good things happening for that other person. And you're asking, why? Why aren't these things happening for me? Well, you've come to the right place. We shall go on a discovery of finding out how can you appropriate the hand of God's blessing? How can you appropriate favor and love with both God and man? But I just want you to understand that if you have if you have to work your own favor, let's say if you don't have the favor of God, and you're somehow you're finding favor with man, it, it's because you are pleasing man. What people call kissing someone's behind. Someone who has to manufacture their own favor, you, you see, you, you have, and, and, and if you're manufacturing your own favor, now you're tapping into what is called, what people believe as luck. You know what people call lucky or luck. Meaning, you have to go to 100 networking events. Whereas a man that has found favor and love with God, all they need to do is go to one networking event. Give up one business card. And God will move the heart of the person in your direction. Because it says, the heart of all kings, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it, he turns it whithersoever he will. So a person who has to manufacture their own favor has to go to a hundred networking events to, to build a big LinkedIn profile. You know, you, you are manufacturing your hand of favor. You know, you know, if I meet a hundred people, you're throwing the dice. Maybe out of a hundred people, two will say, let's, let's do business together. Right? However, someone who just decides to walk in favor or to seek and appropriate the hand of God over their lives, they don't need to go to, they don't need to knock on a hundred doors. They don't need to befriend a hundred people. So that two out of the hundred can say, you know what? We'll give you the contract. 
No. You see, that's the problem is that we've been misled. This is what the world has sold us. Yes, there is an act of pursuing something and, and not giving up. But if that was true, there's people who have also knocked on a thousand doors, just like another person. There's two people who have both knocked on a thousand doors. And still, this person was not able to get a breakthrough. Whereas the other person got a breakthrough. How do you so 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 that means that whole theory that go out and knock on a thousand doors is not entirely accurate. It means there's other variables in this equation that we have to examine. Meanwhile, another person did not even knock on a thousand doors. They knocked on ten. Because favor is is like is like oil in a man's life. Favor is this oil, is the lubricant to the gears of your life. Favor makes things, it smooths out life. Life stops being a grind. The favor and love, favor and love with both good and man stops a man is what enables a man not to need to knock on a thousand doors so that his shoe wears out, so that her shoe wears out, so that this person only needs to have a network of 10 people. You know, just approach 10 people, boom, gets a deal. Favor is, a, is what makes it, it, it makes life smooth. It lubricates your life. Favor and man, and you need it not just with God. You need it with both God and man. But remember, the heart of all men is in God's hands, and like a river, God can turn it whithersoever He will. So God can turn someone's heart in favor with you. Meanwhile, for you, if you if you want to go and do it yourself you are going to have to kiss the person's behind. And sometimes that's what they call say, saying, selling your soul. You've sold out. You have sold out your moral character. You have sold out your value system so that you can acquire favor. Meanwhile, God can just turn the person's heart in your direction and you won't need to sell out your character. You won't need to work at that office underdressed, naked, half naked, so that your boss can still keep you there. No. That is called manufacturing your favor, which is called luck. There's something higher. There's a higher dimension when God touches the heart of a man or a woman and says, do this for that person. Where people that you have never met start doing things for you. Where people go the extra mile to see that, you know, people will take time. People will not charge you. Whereas another person, they'll charge them. For you, you show up and say, no, I'll just do it. And they'll do it fast and quick. Ah. There is another, there's spiritual dimensions that we need to add to our natural lives. This is what we're going to be diving into. We're going to look at scripture. There's so many verses that talk about favor and what which is said favor is built on the backbone of what we call the blessing. We'll look at how men were able to walk into favor and love with both God and man. But remember, 
Peter says, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. For there is no respect of persons with God. God does not show favoritism. So when God created you, it's not that he intentionally left out the ingredient called luck that you see other people walk with. No, because he's not a respect of persons. However, in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness or is in right standing with him is willing to work according to his character, his value system, that person is accepted with him and God will give this person favor and love with both God and man. We'll stop there for today. Sela. This was episode 23 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. We started unparking principle category number three, that is favor and love with both God and man. You see, most people would agree that there is a force that can cause good things to happen in a, in a man or woman's life. And another opposite force that can cause the reverse effect bad things happening in a man or woman's life. Now, we commonly refer to these forces as good luck and bad luck. And there is a misconception out there that some people are born lucky while others aren't. However, scripture tells us otherwise. In Acts chapter 10, verses 34, verse 34 to 35, it says, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. In fact, another translation reads it this way, puts it this way. Most certainly and thoroughly, I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and is not respecter of persons. But in every nation, he who venerates and has a reverential fear for God, treating him with worshipful obedience and living uprightly is acceptable to him and sure of being received and welcomed by him. And Romans chapter 2 verse 11 summarizes it once again. It says, For there is no respect of persons with God. For God does not show favoritism. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, we see what most people call luck, and we get some insight into what it actually is. It says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it, he turns it whithersoever he will. More plainly stated that in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. 
You see, when Jesus, the Son of God, was operating as Son of Man in this earthly dimension, he too needed this special hand of God to rest upon him. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 and verse 52 tell us that, And the child, Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. And verse 52 gives us more context. It also adds that Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and he increased in stature and years, and he increased in favor with God and man. We see this hand of favor and love with both God and man play out in the life of our subject character, Joseph. Several times we see the phrase, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Even when Joseph was wrongfully accused for raping his master's wife and sent to prison, the hand of God, God's favor and love, was still upon him. Genesis chapter 39 verses 21 to 23 tell us that, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Wow. In the next episode, we shall continue unpacking this third principle category that we can decode from the life of Joseph, which is favor and love with both God and man. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Knocking at the door to your heart like a Cody, 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 Expose you to new things that you don't know And separate you from the enemy's chokehold I break you down, every single stronghold I pull it down I'ma set you free from the chains that be holding you back And separate you from the tyranny that be making you slack Because we fire rockers around ya You know go fear cause I could tear you round ya I'ma help you walk in boldness and soundness of mind Shower you with the love and the grace so divine And so amazing, put your trust in me We'll have a place cause the devil come broke like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance yes. Cause it no matter where you come from But matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I just didn't tell you that Open the door to your heart, make a head I'll make you brand new if you Open the door to your heart, make a head I've been 
knocking at the door to your heart like Coco di Coco di Coco. Expose you to new things that you don't know and separate you from the enemy's chokehold. Take my yoke upon you for it is like to learn from me with your power and might. Don't lean on your wisdom, but trust in my grace. There is more than enough to sustain you in faith so you can move mountains. Put your trust in me, there's no doubting. It my word is a life giving fountain that never runs dry. I am the living God, I'm not a man that I should lie. So amazing, but you trust in me, we left a place Cause it never come rolling like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance, yes Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I just can't tell you that Open the door to your heart, make a hand I'll make you brand new if you Open the door to your heart, make a hand Knocking at the door to your heart. I've been knocking at the door to your heart, yeah, yeah. Be knocking at the door to your heart, like a goody go, goody go, go, go. So take my yoke upon you for it is like, let, let, learn from me with your power and might. Don't lean on your wisdom, but trust in my grace that is more than enough to sustain you in faith so you can move mountains. Trust in me, there's no doubting. It's my word, it's a fountain that never runs dry. I am the living God, I'm not a man, and I should lie. So amazing, me and you together will never place Cause I never come rolling like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance, yes. Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I can't